Hi, this is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And we're standing on a cliff, looking out into the distance. Stoically. Sad music plays. Stoic. We're stoic as hell. Two two separate cliffs, <laughs> communicating over the over the inter internet, but not staring at each other. No, no. Well, maybe we might be staring at each other through the distance and not know it. Exactly. Are, which way are you staring west? I am. I am staring towards Mega Man X. That's we're all staring towards Mega Man X, and while we do so, we're remembering to watch out for fireballs. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Watch Out for Fireballs. This is a retro video game podcast. We're talking about old games and playing old games. We'd love if you would play along with us. And uh, today we're talking about Mega Man X. So, so, so for listeners who don't know what Mega Man X is, I'm going to assume that they know what Mega Man itself is. A, because he's so iconic, and there are, I, I forget what the number is, but there have been at least 132 Mega Man <laughs> games published. Also, everything you need to know about Mega Man X is right there in the title. Exactly. And if you know what if you know what a man is, and then you know what Mega means, you exactly. can put them together. This is like a better man or like an Ubermensch, exactly. if you will. <laughs> Wait a minute, yeah. let's not go that far. Come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but and then it has the char- the main character's name in the title, which is pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. But Mega Man X, you know, it's it's kind of a spinoff of the of the main. Mega Man canon, if you will, or maybe like a sequel. Like it's so far in the future as to be the past. I forget, but it's 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 it it matches in somehow. But that continuity isn't really apparent in the beginning. I think that's like an X five on where they're like, oh, and this is this happens to be like, you know, the same world where like Mega Man, you know, the original one was. But this is the darker and edgier spinoff uh, to Mega Man, which was kind of traditionally a really cartoony. Uh, kind of series uh, when they updated it for the Super Nintendo they kind of made it you know dark uh, darker ish which which is funny because you know I, I think it was you who said it's like that this is what passed for being darker and edgier then. yeah I, I can when I in 1993 I was 13 and I don't remember being so happy to where something like this would seem dark like this is <laughs> this is the most candy colored uh, you know bright blue and red buildings everything is is glowing the plot is maybe a little bit darker in that uh there's a little bit of a there's slightly more depth to to the 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 villain um dr wiley i think is just an asshole like i don't i don't think there's anything to dr wiley i might be misremembering and i'm sure there are nerds out there who are yelling about you know in different fan fictions and animes we learn about his his you know rosebud or whatever um but as far as i remember dr wiley is just like I want to kill people, and Mega Man's like, no way, dude. <laughs> and that's Mega Man one through eight. Exactly the the plot. Well, um, actually, they they they, they roll Doctor Wily into Mega Man X later on. Yeah, I heard, I saw a reference to that, and they said it's something with zero. He made like zero. zero is okay because Doctor okay. Doctor Light, uh, the 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 big fat guy with the beard who you see in the in the crazy armor capsules, he made X, and then Wily, I guess, made zero. But, okay, but you're right. There's like a, there's like the, the the motivation, like Sigma's motivation for you know in the plot, is it's 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 heavily uh, ideological and political almost, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, I think you know you had pointed out the the most obvious parallel is kind of either like a Martin Luther King, Malcolm X thing, or a Charles Xavier Magneto thing. Yeah. He's he's fighting for for uh, the rights of of reploids, right? So so the game opens up and it, and it's kind of interesting because this you know this is the first game that that has the first Mega Man game that has an intro stage as opposed to just dropping you into the stage select but there's there's a whole bunch of like backstory in that X is discovered in the ground like he's been he was he was made by Dr. Light and he was found by an archaeologist named Dr. Kane and he was like down in there for ethics tests like I guess to make <laughs> sure that he didn't go like howl on everybody I, I yeah. don't understand. 
I think it's so when anyone offered him a gift, if it was more than fifty dollars, he would have to report it to Comptroller Coinger, and uh, and uh, you know he is probably a lot of questions like, uh, you know, if you were starving, would you steal a bread, or do you find it maddening when the courts let guilty people free? Um, I imagine it was a lot like applying to Target, but for hundreds of years. <laughs> if you saw a coworker and a customer in a in a fist fight, would you? Yeah. A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I join in. I always, I always put join in. That's why I didn't yeah. get those jobs <laughs> on on any side. <laughs> exactly. Just against both. I'm I'm both sides against the middle. I would I would I would egg both sides on. I would just like be the devil in both ears, just whispering in. So, uh, and the thing about uh, Sigma is in in you know just like Magneto. I mean, he used to be a good guy. Yeah. Um, he used to be. So just kind of backing up a little bit. <laughs> um, in the in the future, there are. Uh, Based on, and they're all based on Mega Man, right? Does Doctor Kane Doctor Kane finds uh, X and uh, uses that technology to create the rest of the the robots? Is that correct? Right, he's the template for, right. for all of the reploids, uh, you right. know, which I guess is like an android and a replicant from Blade Runner. Which yeah. again, I, I didn't realize it until I just, I'm just now saying it, which is why I'm probably not being very eloquent. But there's kind of a, there's kind of a parallel to Blade Runner in this. Totally, totally. I, I definitely noticed that. Um, you know, when you have you have robots uh, hunting down other robots, right? That is the is that a domain. <laughs> he, he does hunt. Well, the the name of the uh, the PSP remake is Maverick Hunter X. Yeah. So if you know there's X and you know what a Maverick is, no, I was put, I was talking yeah. about it. I had a spoiler for Blade Runner because I, I forget okay. when that when that version of the movie came out where where they revealed that it was he was a, he was an android. I think that that's still. Um, yeah, I guess that is canon, but there's still people who I know who uh, who swear by the non, non Deckard replicant version. So well, I think it's open to interpretation. Well, there are people who swear by the voiceover one, but they're they're not right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But <laughs> right. people swear by anything in this big, crazy, stupid world. Yeah, but they, but know? all all of the all of the reploids were based on Mega Man himself, but they didn't undergo the rigorous ethics testing about receiving exactly. gifts. If you don't apply to Target for 400 years, then you uh, you eventually become a psychopath <laughs> eagle. They, they, exactly. they, they weren't, like, one of the things uh, I like about this game is that uh, all of the Mega Man games have this weird sense of silliness to them. Mm-hmm. You know, Mega Man pretty much looks like a man in, you know, who's more mega than usual, mm-hmm. but wearing blue armor. Um, but for the rest of the, the Reploids, you know, they, they had a lot of fun with it. They're just like, well, what if he was also a penguin? Well, you know, let's let's do that. What if he was a quanger? And, and they, they, they just, you know, it wasn't just they based. They had this kind of perfect robot that's indistinguishable from humans. But they decided to turn them all into weird furries. And uh, like the, ro- the furries of the robot world. <laughs> well, they, they did it to adapt them to where they were going to be based. Right, right. You know? That is true. I, Even though I, that's not like but, canon, I'm just I'm just saying that's the only thing I could make sense. Because if you're going to be putting robots in, you know, in the Arctic tundra, I, I don't know, just make them look like a penguin, whatever. They they, well, they can slide around. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> even though Mega Man has no problem getting around, yeah, or, or X rather has no problem getting around in the the tundra, but maybe you know, I don't know. They're not. <laughs> they're, we're 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 giving them a lot of credit. For, yeah. for thinking this through because, <laughs> like uh, everyone in sci-fi, they did create a race of super powerful robots uh did not make them go through ethics tests no and of course are surprised when they turn on humanity and yeah. start killing people yeah it's it's an easy mistake to make i'd do it too um i want to ask do you think that so uh sigma is obviously kind of a malcolm x character yeah do you think that real life malcolm x would have been more successful if he had the reflexes strength and abilities of sigma I don't know. I think that there are people that I would be more more afraid of having that than Malcolm X. But so, so somebody ideologically positioned, you know, we just have to, you know, I don't know. Or like Mussolini or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just, that just real been, monsters. Be unfortunate. Yeah. These robots, they start to turn against their creators as they as they always do. That's uh, Asimov's fourth law. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, don't harm humans. Don't allow humans to come to harm. Um, have be covered in crazy lights, 
and then fourth is eventually you will kill these guys. Yeah. Oh wait, do hard humans. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so. So then, um, you, you know, they, they 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 appoint other robots to hunt down these robots who go maverick, and that's mm-hmm. and that's why you know maverick hunters and, and all of that. And I guess like everybody that we see in the game is or was at one point a maverick hunter. But mavericks want to destroy all humans. They 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 gather together politically. Zero and X are the only two like straight cops left, and they got to go tackle mm-hmm. the corruption on the force, right? Now, Zero, who who we mentioned, Zero is a like long blonde haired, <laughs> um, sword wielding, like a much more anime kind of uh, Maverick Hunter. Did you think that Zero yeah. was a girl at first? Ah, uh, yeah, like, you know, point? definitely. Well, especially because I had played the the original Mega Man games, and he kind of looks like Roll, but in <laughs> in like battle armor. He he was based on Proto Man, actually, as what I read, at least from a character design standpoint, because Proto Man had the he had the yellow scarf, right? Mm-hmm. And you know he was red, and Proto Man was also made by by Doctor Wily, so they were right. establishing that dichotomy like right away. Right, and he's also he's very obviously just kind of the badass Mary Sue character who, <laughs> who you know has his own theme music and comes in and saves the day. Um, the game starts with a uh, a setup stage, which we had mentioned, and it ends with an unwinnable boss battle. Well, right. it's actually it is winnable. Um, is, is it according to Game Facts? Yeah, you can you can win it, or you could, maybe you can just kind of force it into totally crushing you. It's really <laughs> tough. It is a tough tough uh, boss fight, and you get caught, and Zero comes in and saves the day mm-hmm. um, against a guy named Vile, who <laughs> who is who is a he's I guess he's a you know a lieutenant of of sigmas he looks a lot like boba fett yeah he's gonna say he's a bounty hunter yeah he's, and, he's very boba fett-esque in 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 japan is his his name is like bobo really is his name yeah he's bobo oh oh okay because this, this... he is inspired by boba fett oh i, I did not realize yeah yeah that, that makes total sense um and he's he's a badass design he doesn't do very much right. like he's you know he's tough in that first fight because he's got a a mech Mm-hmm. There, are, there are mechs in this game as well. Sometimes robots have to get inside bigger robots. Exactly, it's like a, it's like other. a Russian doll. So yeah, zero zero kind of comes saves the day. He's your partner. Um, Sigma used to be your boss. So there's a, a video you can watch on YouTube that kind of sets us all up called Day of Sigma. If you search for it, the one that I watched has this kind of annoying watermark that says that it'll disappear after you register it. Um, so, so somebody somebody pirated that. It's also the subtitles are in Spanish, which is a little strange. <laughs> But, uh, you know, if you ever want to learn how to say chill penguin in Spanish, it's a, it's a good way to do that. And uh, it kind of sets up the story. It's pretty interesting. Um, Sigma is a lot, you know, he's a, like a sergeant. You know, they, they kind of slowly piece together that he's the person who's behind the Reploids going Maverick. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things is it, it ends actually with him, him winning. The, when Mega Man X starts, he has launched missiles against the city. And the city is in ruins. And you can see that in the first stage. Yeah. But it's pretty neat that he does, you know, he succeeds to that degree before the game even starts in a way that kind of, you know, is, is darker and a little bit more serious than in previous Mega Man. Because you never see any humans until X4, not to be the serious historian here, but. Yeah. When, <laughs> when do you see humans? I, I don't know if I got that far when I originally played them. I haven't definitely haven't played them, you know, any of them in the last like 15 years. But right. What uh? In what context are there humans? Uh, in in four, basically the plot is that the humans are striking back against uh against the 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 reploids because the Ma- Ma- maverick hunters haven't been uh, doing their job. So basically, it starts like a genocide, and uh, mm. X has to help try and turn all the other reploids. Like, okay, I know they want to kill us all, but we need to convince them that not all of us are maverick. So that that that's the plot. There's like a colonel character in there, and there there are a couple of others. But again, the the like the the character, like the player characters, they're they're so indistinguishable from humans that it's difficult to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it. I'm sure this wasn't intentional. It's not exactly the same, but just because I've been replaying it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Deus Ex, where there's the uh, state of the art, you know, uh, augmented agent, mm-hmm. J C Denton, and he's indistinguishable from humans. And then there are the kind of outdated, clunkier, shittier augmented agents who look like androids. Like monsters. Right. And in this one, the same thing kind of happens where you have, you know, uh, Sigma who's deformed. He's got this weird chin and his, his proportions are all off. He's got this weird chin that looks like it plugs into a European voltage converter or something. His head is it's, the size of the rest of his body. Yeah, he's, he's a goofy looking design. He's, it's, it's not that strong. 
Is this you like some? It, is this some Phantom of the Opera level shit? Like he's he's he he turned evil because like he like no ro- no robot ladies would date him. He was yeah he was too ugly yeah it's sad. There's I mean sure there's you're probably right there, <laughs> there probably is some. So just go to fanfiction.gov right Ex- now and, yeah <laughs> and then find out because I'm sure there is that kind of backstory but yeah. we're we're not getting into that no no. But but after so so you know zero comes and he saves your bacon right and then he says you, you know eventually you'll be strong enough and and all that like really arrogant type stuff like your mm-hmm. power like like typical anime like your power level isn't high enough yet but work <laughs> hard enough and you'll be as good as me haha and then zero goes off to look for sigma's fortress mm-hmm. and throughout the entire time that zero is looking for this fortress mega man is going to the ends of the earth every single climate. It is to mm-hmm. all these varied places in in the amount of time that it take that it took for zero to find this place. You would think that X and I should say, whenever I say Mega Man, I mean X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, that... It's hard not to do it. They're both in the title. Exactly. Yeah, and actually in the game, no one ever says Mega Man. I know. You know? Ever. It's kind of interesting. Like it could have just been, and originally that was the idea. It wasn't supposed to be Mega Man. Zero was supposed to be the main character. So you could have called it X or zero. Yeah. Um, in Day of, Day of Sigma, there's a, a flashback with Dr. Wily naming X. And the reason why he names that names him that is because of, for the mathematical symbol. He's a, he's a variable. He could be, you know, he has unlimited potential. Right. Um, but then he also notes that X also means danger, so people will be scared of you. But then that doesn't play <laughs> out at all. Um, there, there's no, yeah. uh, there's also no a, light. Yeah. Also a strike in bowling. So kind of moving on from the plot and talking about the, the game and the, the gameplay, uh, this, is, this is a great game, and it's universally thought to be so. I mean, it's, it's got glowing reviews, and you know, everyone who's played it, I really like it. I think it's super fun. I always have. Such uh, amazing memories of playing this game. Yeah, it is very yeah. good. Um, so why don't you, uh, when, when you first played it, talk about that a little bit. It, this came out in 1993, and I was uh, I was seven years old at the time. I think I got it like pretty much right after it came out. But uh, like most things, I didn't finish it until much much later. Um, but so I was pretty young. I actually remember going to uh, Disney World with my family in an RV, and uh, I, because I was inseparable from my Vigia games, as Hank Hill would say, um, I had to bring my Super Nintendo and and a TV along. Because I'm at Disney World, why wouldn't I want to play video <laughs> games? Kid wants to do right? anything at Disney World. Disney World is made for kids, right? And I have a I have a distinct memory of of beating this during a family vacation, uh, or maybe not beating it. I don't know if I ever beat it. Even today, spoiler, I haven't beaten it. <laughs> in case you're in case you're following the plot of Cole playing this game, exactly. you know how him playing the game ends. Not exactly. how the game ends, but how the story of him playing it ends. I was talking about the episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what's, what's funny is, you know, all the progress that I made in this game was like back before the internet was a thing, or I guess it was a thing like on like government computers or whatnot. But, you know, I wasn't able to like look up on a fact. I, I had to like puzzle out all of the, all of the, uh, weaknesses and the changes to the stages on my own which is not always apparent like when that happens so i'm actually kind of surprised because if this was happening today i would be like on game facts or something like that like right away right which i am ashamed to say but yes that is who i am yeah i I no longer have a masochistic desire to make things that much harder for me (laughs) i look i look for help in in games now that i'm older um, especially something like this, where sometimes the relationship between the robots is very obvious. Uh, you know, Mega Man Two was the first Nintendo game I ever had, and I was very used to this idea of okay, well, there's Heat Man and there is Bubble Man, and Bubble is kind of related to water, so that's going to hurt Heat Man. <laughs> but in this one, you kind of have to puzzle out, you know, what's better, uh, a chameleon or you know, you or an armadillo, a, chame- a chameleon yeah, like- versus an eagle. Yeah, what, the eagle's going to win. Well, right, right, exactly. But which one's better? Which, oh. which element of the thing is like just wins? You know, okay. it, it without the element part, it's really tough to tell. Right. And uh, and that's one of the things I think it lost in switching to this animal naming robot convention as opposed to just the the blank man. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, because it was and and they, those got weird too. I mean, later there was like a Yamato man and and Armor man, and Armor man should be good against everything. You know, <laughs> he's got armor, and Yamato. We don't know what a Yamato is. You know, um, Dustman. Was it wasn't Dustman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dustman is great music. Dustman. Oh, yeah. That's one of my one of my favorite Mega Man themes. <laughs> um, but so it was. It was. I definitely had that problem too, where it was. It was kind of tough to see which man was better than each other man. Um, <laughs> One of the things I like, though, about the game is that, um, and this is true of all the Mega Man games, is that you're kind of equipped with the tools from the beginning to get through if it's really tough. Like, if you, the game is Castlevania tough if you don't use the upgrades or don't know how to use the upgrades. Um, you can still kind of power through in that way that, you know, kids play video games where you just kind of bang your head up against it until it's done. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I really like about the design of the robots in this was when they switched to animals, we have this different shape and size. So before all of the other robots were just pretty much Mega Man with different colors and maybe some little, uh, you know, accoutrements or armor. But these these monsters all look really different, have really separate profiles. Mm-hmm. And when they show them at the stage select, it's really neat. Like you see uh, Storm Eagle, and he's tall and kind of majestic looking and badass. And they show Flame Mammoth, and he's, you know, this big fat dude. <laughs> um, he's kind of squatter. And, and Chill Penguin's this little, you know, even squatter, smaller than that. Like short guy, and that was really neat. That was a nice design touch, I thought. Even just the difference in scale, because like that changes the way that you have to fight them. Like jumping over Flame Mammoth, right? That, that that worked out to be pretty much like the entirety of how you would beat that boss, because he'd work right. you into a corner, and before it'd just be like, oh well, he's my same height, so I can just jump over him. Whereas right. this, he'll trap you. Right, and uh, it, you know, if you had to do the same thing with with Chill Penguin. Which you do have to jump over him, but uh, they, they kind of changed it. He's, he's a lot quicker, yep. and that's what makes it difficult. It's not like you have to time the jump so perfectly as to clear him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I played this. I was, I was 13 in 93, and um, I, I rented this. There, there was an independent video game store and rental place just a couple blocks from my house um, that I, I rented all my games from. And uh, this is how all of the Super Nintendo era, this is how I got exposed to all of the great games from that. And this is how I first played ActRaiser and EVO and, and all these amazing games. And uh, when I found out about Mega Man X, I was really excited. I was a big fan of the series for Nintendo. And uh, the guy who ran I don't remember anything specific about when I, I came in to rent it. But the guy who ran the shop was this, like, meth-mouthed, toothless, balding, lich character. It's just this gross old man named Ed who, like, A, always flirt with my mom and like, the most just repulsive ways like just like lip is lick his lip he just like lip what are you saying lip is licks that's not <laughs> like he's not playing guitar he's not, he's not mouthing like um who would just lick his lips to her which was disgusting and he always had porn on like there's this back room with all these pcs and i remember one of them was uh just like a, a tetris screen like all these little windows of animated repeating porn gifs placed together to fill the screen perfectly <laughs> and he would just like you know hey, come on and back and and check this out and he'd show me a super scope or something but there'd just be this, <laughs> this like porn going on the, the screen it was really repulsive like no no grab ass or anything but like it was really creepy yeah this was, this this shouldn't have been happening no <laughs> no no it was it was terrible <laughs> it was really gross but you know evo so i i, I ended up in the i ended up ahead Trade-offs. Uh, trade-offs. And even one of the things that really kind of interested me at the time about this game is I love the way that uh, you have this kind of agency to affect change in, a, in a, a way more than just damaging enemies. You know, I the first time I was just trying, you know, I, there was an octopus. And, uh, you know, maybe at the time I didn't realize that electricity would be good against octopuses. Or maybe it's not in the game. I can't remember. But I was just trying my different weapons against a uh, launch octopus. Mm-hmm. And I remember using the the boomerang, the uh, not the chameleon sting, but the boomer coanger boomerang, and uh, it cuts off his tentacles and limits his his movability. Um, he can't hang himself from the top of the the stage and uh, fire things at you anymore. And that was incredible. Like I <laughs> I loved that. I was just like oh, and I you know I went, I remember going through each boss. Um, I had a password set up kind of early in the game. And would go through and try the different weapons against the other bosses. And truly, there are only a couple things you could do like this. I think four of the bosses mm-hmm. um, are alterable. Um, but that, that's such a neat mechanic. That was a really cool idea. It's a sense of mystery. Because like all they have to do is hint that there's stuff like that. And it, it adds a lot more joy to exploring. 
everything Absolutely. and making sure. I mean, even the stage changes and things like that, but the boss stuff in particular, like if you hit uh, armored armadillo with the spark uh, mandrill thing, mm-hmm. the, the armor falls off and, and all of that. It's kind of like the, 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 the white boxes in Mario 3. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you held down on the white box, you'd fall into the background. Like, but right. when you tried that, and, like, you probably heard about, it, like, on the playground or something like that, but you tried it, like, oh, my gosh, all of a sudden I'm running around holding down on every surface to see if it does the same thing. Like, they right. just have to hint that it's there, and it makes the, the entire thing much more uh, kind of engaging, right? And Right, and, and because since most kids don't know that electricity makes the skin of armadillos fall off, <laughs> you know, they, 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 don't, uh, they don't telegraph it at all, which is really cool. Like, you kind of have to stumble upon it by accident. Right. Um, they, they, the first upgrade you get is essential. Um, so that's one of the things in this game that's a little bit different. All the Mega Man games, obviously, you defeat a boss and you get their powers. Mm-hmm. In this one, though, there are also armor upgrades and weapon upgrades you can find just kind of by exploring the level. Mm-hmm. And the, the first one is essential. You can't get further without getting it. Um, the dash move, I believe, is the one that it's right in your path. Yeah, it's in the penguin stage, and I don't understand how you could even like attempt any of the other stages without doing this. Right, the dash is super useful. It's a, it's a, you know, Mega Man had the slide in the earlier ones, where you can, and this is uh, very similar. But um, so this is just kind of the hint that this this whole other world kind of exists in the game. Um, but other than that, they don't telegraph anything. There's no, they don't. You just kind of discover it all, right. you know. And I feel like if this game were made. And, you know, in, in modern times, there'd be like a tiny little robo sprite or something that would follow you around and tell you to try busting your head against this wall or <laughs> tell you to, you know, try jumping up this cliff or something. There'd be hints in the uh, loading screens. Yeah, exactly. And, and it would just it would lose a lot from that, you know, and that's something I think we, I really feel like we have really lost that in games. You get the sense that, like, because games are so expensive to create. That they would that the creators want you to see everything, so they will hold your hand and like take you on a tour around to it, right? Mm-hmm. But just the the developers have this kind of restraint that uh, is really admirable, yeah, and kind of absent now. So you're right. They were much more economical with the way that they kind of sprinkled these things through. But one thing that kind of like run, runs counter to that, which is another thing that's really neat about the game, not only does beating one boss give you the ability to more easily beat another boss because the weaknesses uh, and that carries over from the previous games. But like in this game, if you beat Storm Eagle stage, his ship crashes into Spark Mandrill stage. And it is an entirely different experience. Mm. Yeah, that 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 was really mind blowing and awesome when I first <laughs> saw it. And uh, you know, it, it's just a, it's a really neat mechanic that I haven't seen a lot. Um, they don't overuse it. It's not every stage is not in relation to each other. And one thing I didn't check, and this would be kind of neat because I know you can look at an overworld map when you're choosing the stages. Right. I wonder if these have to do with uh, proximity. Did you notice that is uh, Storm Eagle stage above? like spark mandrel stage on that little world map you know that would be like a you know the creator's thought of everything kind of moment because that mm-hmm. like there's no way to tell that that would have happened than if you looked at the map so if they accounted for it like as a hint for somebody who's super paying attention that would make sense but as far as i know like there's no logic to it other than you know storm eagle stage is you know in a in a plane so it's going to crash on one of them and it might as well have been spark mandrels as any of the others Right. And even kind of further, you know, other, so that's the only one where things actually get a little bit more difficult because it knocks out the power and it's dark <laughs> for the most of that stage. Um, but the other ones, they, they t- and I love that, that it's, you know, you're kind of trained. There are other stages that affect each other. Um, if you, um, why am I, what's, the, uh, if, what's the one you do where it uh, makes the flame mammoth? Which, oh, it's, what's the it, stage that affects his? If you beat uh, Chill Penguin, it makes Flam Mammoth stay as a joke because right. it, it and freezes the lava. And frozen lava doesn't turn into into rock, as all science would have us believe. It turns into ice. Right, exactly. It's <laughs> it's super frozen. It's ice nine. Um, <laughs> it's the uh, it's Chill Penguin nine. Chill exactly. nine Penguin. And uh, so most of the time, if you if you kind of come across this order, um, it makes the stages easier. 
But in the case of Spark Mandrel, it actually makes it a lot tougher, which is awesome. You know, there's kind of this double-edged sword. You have to make this choice, you know, whether – or, you know, often you probably aren't making a choice. You're probably stumbling across it. Um, you know, there are probably people who played the game and didn't even realize that, you know, Spark Mandrel stage wasn't always dark. Right. You know? And that would um, blow your mind, too, if, like, somebody told you that and you went back and you're like, holy shit, they thought of everything. Right, right. It's really neat. And, the you know, it's something I, we haven't seen a lot. Um, it reminds me of two things, like two newer games, now that I think about it. Um, one thing, the idea of having this content that is large and huge, and but entirely optional. You can get through the entire game without running into this alternate form of Spark Mandrel stage. Um, that kind of reminds me, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm replaying Deus Ex. And uh, the first time you're in New York, there's this whole underground complex and sewer system that you don't have to go to. There's no, you know, you can totally skip it and be fine and never see it. And that's really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that in games. You know, I like this idea of there, there just being more content than you expect. Um, you know, it feels very, uh, there's a nice feeling of rewarding exploration, which doesn't always happen. Right. Uh, the most direct kind of parallel that I can think about is uh, one of my favorite games from last year is this game called Alpha Protocol that not a lot of people played. And it kind of got unfairly maligned uh, by the by the press but that game is a very similar uh, setup where there are three hub stages. You can, you can do them in any order, and you can progress as far as you want in, in each stage and still switch. And they affect each other in a very similar way. Um, semi-spoilers. In the, the Russia section, the final boss you fight is this kind of like 80s coked-out club kid <laughs> guy. And during the boss fight, he's running around with a knife. And every once in a while, he stops to do cocaine. And when he does, he becomes <laughs> impervious to bullets and really fast. Um, but if you go to, I want to say, China, if you go to China first, you meet a guy who's kind of this like mercenary character. And uh, he also deals drugs. And he will deal, he will spike this guy's cocaine and poison it if you talk to him first. So when you get to that boss fight, every time he does coke, he's really slow and vulnerable instead of really fast. And it's just really neat, like that idea that the order that you do things matters, the choices you make matter, you know. It's more than just being nonlinear because there's an effect. Like you can play Oblivion, you can do Oblivion in any order you want. But if you do the Dark Brotherhood quest before, the, it, it doesn't affect the Thieves Guild quest. Right. You just get to choose what order, you know. S- side note on that, I loved in Oblivion, if you were doing the Assassin's Guild stuff, they mm-hmm. said kill kill the head of the mage guild, but it was entirely possible that you were the head of the mages guild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at that point. Yep. And, and and if if that would have been you know if they had had the foresight, then that would have created a, a neat conflict instead of just an undoable quest. Right. Right. Because I always did the Dark Brotherhood first, the Assassin Guild first. Because yeah, because it's rad and you get cool <laughs> stuff. Um, but also, I mean, did you have you ever done it at the Mage Guild first? Like, does anything happen, or does it just sit on your quest log forever and you can never finish it? Last time I played through, I played as a Mage character and I did it. It's just a matter of you have to bring the staff back as proof. Oh, okay, so and you so forget. Th- that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And there, it doesn't like point that out narratively. There's no like special text box that's flagged. Right. But so it, that, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, that would have been neat. But it's cool because this is, you know, it's 1993 on, and on a console, no less. But there's totally. uh, but, the, but there is a uh, there's a nod to consequence. Right. And this is in a series that is one of its primary characteristics is stagnation. You know, <laughs> like Mega Man 1 is super fun. So they made it 30 times. Like there, there's not that much difference in the Mega Man games. And there's not that much difference between the X and the Mega Man games. Right. There's a little bit, but it's still, you know, control is basically the same. The the wall, the wall clean kind of changes a lot, though. Yeah, that that is true. That's a, a new power that kind of so Mega Man can kind of jump up walls. You you can grip grip walls, and you do the kind of slow slide down, yeah. and can keep jumping up. So it does add like a verticality to the levels. Um, it de-emphasizes some of the tricky platforming. Mm-hmm. Um, in the earlier Mega Man games, there are a lot of sequences with disappearing and reappearing platforms. Yeah, and those would be a lot easier with this wall cling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, it's getting back to the stages, here's one of the things that I, you know, if I had to express some kind of dissatisfaction with the game. And you do have to. I don't. <laughs> we're forcing right. you to. Yes. Y- yeah. Um. Um, it's the, it's the, I kind of feel like that there, there isn't, the, the only real, like, sticky, the only real stick out stage I can think of from a both, like, a, oh, this is really, really fun to play. And, oh, like, visually is the Storm Eagle stage where you're basically 
doing this James Bond-esque run through a uh, an airport, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat, or like a military, you know, airfield. That that's cool. But yeah. uh, the the it, it kind of felt like they were getting get, getting their legs with this one, kind of kind of adapting to a making something on the on the Super Nintendo and B, you know, how are we going to work these new uh, mechanics into it? Right. I I love uh, kind of bland environments for games like this, where it's like a it's a, a space that would have a function other than just to be a boss stage. Yeah. Because you know a lot of the other ones, you know, I guess um, the Ar- armadillo Armand armadillo lives in a mine. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the people, they just kind of have this elaborate, you know, it's just, it's a stage and they wait in a room at the end of it, you know, and this is kind of neat because it's, you know, it has a functionality otherwise. Right. Like from a conceptual standpoint, that was neat. And I, I kind of wish that they would have done more of that in this game, but also more of it in the series in general. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the first one. This does have more of a world than the other Mega Mans do. Yeah. Like this feels like a world where there could be an airport. Where in the other Mega Man, you know, it would be really strange <laughs> if the idea that people do air travel because it just you know go to the right and shoot stuff. You know, there's just not that much else to it. Right. One of the things we did we didn't touch on earlier that I think is really kind of funny and interesting about the world um, is I lo- all of the the enemies, the non boss enemies. Um, which are also robots. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what, what, who is spending their time, um, like taking, you know, making robot birds that just throw bombs, or, or these? My favorite enemy is this, uh, this lumberjack creature. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a, it's a pair of robots. They're, they're buddies. They're robo buddies, and one of them is this little platform that creates um, log shaped mechanical things i mean they have circuits on them but they there's nothing to indicate any motion or anything they just have spikes on they're them spiked they're, yeah they're spiked they're, they're they're just spikes i don't know why they have circuits on them and then uh there's a little lumberjack robot next to it who uses an axe to like kind of push them at you like he he hits them with the axe and knocks them towards you like a baseball bat and then it just reloads and uh he just stands in one place if you get behind him he's fucked there, there's <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing to it he's not intelligent you know who's who's coming up with these just like goofy little you know I don't know it reminded me a little bit of Gremlins like just the this idea that they're just being they're just being silly like they're putting on little shows for us little, you know they're agents of chaos just yeah you know, yeah <laughs> you know I think if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're going to assign political significance to this why don't we assign theological significance too <laughs> is is this like a like a like a, like spitting in the face of Darwin which is like okay this is in this case there actually is a creator. Like somebody made mm-hmm. these things, right? Like mm-hmm. this is intelligent design. <laughs> and this is the intelligence. Like the intelligent design gives us, uh, you know, giant turtles that shoot missiles out of their back. Yeah. And like laugh. And, uh, you know, the, the lumberjack and those little helmet things, those Mega Man legacy helmets. Yeah. Which are just like, what if you just found a helmet in the road? You know, oh, wait, <laughs> it, it has eyes and it shoots you. Like what? You oh, know, no. what? I, you know, what is that? You can't see this because we're on Skype, but I put quotes around intelligent. But uh, right, right. No, that's, I, I know. I, I I picked up on the on the sarcasm there. Okay. If if not, if you were just saying like this is intelligent design, this is how it should be. If there was a god, we would be living in Mega Man X world, you know. And therefore, you know. Right, right. I can't decide what's funnier if I would have if if that was the case or if not. Yeah. Let us let us <laughs> let us contemplate this joke I failed at making. Yeah. <laughs> let's pray on it. Uh, let's consult our pastors. Yeah. A robo pastor, just a, a robotic priest who just, I, uh, you know, Bibles come up in a stack and he just throws them at us. Exactly. So as as uh, Cole spoiled before, um, you know, he did not did not beat the game. I also did not beat the game, even though I know I did when I was younger, um, which is pretty crazy because the end boss, the triple sigma boss at the end, is really tough. Right. Um, so this time I did not beat it. But the thing is, you know, because of the barbaric checkpointing that we had to tolerate back in those times, I, I got really really good at all of the stages leading up to Sigma. Right. Right. Like, I mean. Th- up until that point, and they're they're well designed. Like the end, you know, the end stage is really fun, and even I think the mini bosses leading up to Sigma, while being very frustrating, 
there's a, a spider creature that uh, <laughs> oh that goddamn that, spider that I absolutely hate, and uh, and then a weird face tank. It's like you know how the Ninja Turtles would ride around on a, a tank that had their face in, on the front of it. Yeah, it's kind of like that, except for just some guy. <laughs> right, like some guy has a face tank and joins Sigma's army, and uh, but those were fun. Like I felt you know like that was it was tough but fun. Uh, Sigma, the, specifically the last form, is did not feel fun. No. Yeah, you fight him. He has his his uh, his his bright saber, and uh, you know that's fine. And he, he sticks his dog on you, which is which is fine. You know, it's a little bit cruel of him. Like you kill his dog, and yeah. you know, I don't Sad. think you know, he, you know, Robo Peter or whatever has to. Robot dogs don't know any better. You know, it's totally they yeah. go they just go to Robo Heaven. <sighs> All Robo dogs go to Robo Heaven. So I guess it's no big deal. Right. He's fine. He's in heaven now, looking down on you. But the uh, the final boss, Sigma's head floats into this weird wolf armor. It's like this giant armor with a wolf for a chest and uh, two floating hands. And it's really bizarre and really tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it defeated me. Well, what's 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 frustrating about it is the only way to like kill him is to get up to his level, which you know, okay, okay. But if you stay on his like floating claw things for too long. You get hit and it takes away like three quarters of your health or one quarter of your health or something. I don't and know how much I'm embellishing that. Often knocks you off the platform. Yes. In the uh, classic Mega Man fashion of getting hit, knocking you back like five feet. Right. Often into a bottomless pit. Right. And in this yeah. case, just off the platform, which is bad enough. Right. Because you're yeah. they're, they're, that's painful down there. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's do we want to, do we want to talk about like our frustrations here? Yeah, so we you know we've heaped a lot of praise on this game. I think this game is great. I think yep. you should play it if you haven't played it. Um, really fun. It's on the Virtual Console. It's eight bucks. Also, it's part of a collection that was put out for PlayStation Two and GameCube. That's actually how I played it um, after I realized that my Super Nintendo didn't look very good on my uh, TV anymore. That's one of the few areas where modern technology hurts us. <laughs> um, so the, yeah, that collection is actually really good value if you can find it. Yeah, and don't get it confused with the Mega Man collection for GameCube where uh, they inverse the buttons and do not give you the option of switching it Yeah, because they didn't play test it at all. At I mean, all. That's the only thing I can think of that, a, that would seem like a good idea. It's a travesty. I can't. But, but so the, the Mega Man X collection is good and you don't have that problem no. with it. I've never played the collection. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm playing it on, maybe on the GameCube. It's messed up, but on the three or on the PS2 it actually it feels like the SNES controller because you know the PlayStation controller is laid out like the Super Nintendo controller, mm-hmm. but... which is the best controller. Yes, like the, the, that is the best design. I don't want any other design really for a controller. No, um, you can get kind of down into the particulars, but all of Nintendo is experimenting with the GameCube and Nintendo sixty four controller. Yeah, uh, generally not in favor of. No. Um, but... So again, great game, but there are some problems with it. And these are problems that were kind of endemic to a lot of the games of the time, right? Like, so many times I was burned by enemies respawning at the edge of the screen. Mm -hmm. Specifically, like, in Sigma's stages where you're climbing up those big shafts. Yeah, and that's intentional. You know, you can tell that that part, um, you know, that was supposed to be, like, just really, really tough. Yeah. The nice thing is you get, um, if you get the Mega Buster where you can charge up. One of the neat things about this game, and I think is a first is that you can charge up your gun, um, which is always the case. But you can also get an item that allows you to charge up your individual sub-weapons. And each one at maximum charge has a kind of a neat special effect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a more powerful version of that gun, but sometimes it's a, a shield or kind of a utility thing. And if you do that with the chameleon, you become uh, invisible and invincible. Okay. You kind of become intangible. <laughs> so, But what would happen with me is I would do that, and then if I got to the boss and died... You know, I would have to spend time grinding for weapon refills. Yeah. And this game does have feature a little bit of that, which is annoying, too. Pro tip. You... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 please. Pro tip. <laughs> pro tip regarding the grinding. Um, if you go to the if you go to the armored arm armadillo stage after you get the, the power up where you can charge mm-hmm. things, you charge up armored armadillos um, power up. OK. And it puts a, like a bubble around you and it makes you completely invincible. And you just run up and down the first mine shaft and you jump at bats and 
you kill the bats and they always drop, you know, something. So that was how I would always charge myself up for going at the last level. Cause it was just kind of like, Oh, I just run around here for two minutes and everything is filled back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, kind of, they, sh- they probably should have had those things full when you die. Yeah. There, there's no real reason to, to, to keep that, but arbitrarily punishing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, and that, that's kind of what the, the enemy spawning on the side of the screen is too. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a holdover from old game design, the Ninja Gaiden effect, you know, the Ninja Gaiden birds. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> also, the, also with the knockback kind of thing. Right, right, yeah. the knockback. And that's kind of a legacy mechanic. You know, I can see them being, you know, hesitant to to remove that, but they could have softened it a little bit, yeah. a little bit annoying. Um, the game also has kind of an une- uneven difficulty curve. Um, all of the Mavericks, the initial eight Mavericks, are semi-challenging, but it doesn't feel unfair. And then once you get to the, the fortress, it becomes a lot more challenging up until the end boss, which is just a vertical wall of challenge. <laughs> you just crash into it. Right. And, it, and it's, it's a little bit frustrating. Yeah. But it, feel, it feels like the, the, the difficulty is so different between them that the entire first part of the game feels like a warm up almost. Which, I mean, that's kind of a classic game design thing where you're supposed to kind of you train a player in mechanics and then test those mechanics in the end. Right. Um, but it's just, it still should be a little bit, a little more of a smooth curve. Right. So, and of course, like any, uh, Nintendo or Super Nintendo era game, um, there are a, a share of really, really obnoxious little enemies. Yeah. Just the, just the worst. Yeah. There's <laughs> these, these knights who have this, uh, this full, they have a, like a ball and chain that extends beyond the wall of physics. Like it's, it goes half the screen and there's nowhere for it to go. Um, and they have this shield, and they're always placed right on ledges, so you can't attack them straight on, um, and you can't jump over to their ledge to shoot them or get behind them, and they're just obnoxious as hell. And if you try to do that, or if they hit you while you're jumping, you fall down. Um, and those things are obnoxious. And the one weapon that will actually effectively get behind them and kill them, the the the, the boomerang, that stage is so full of those things right. that you are pretty much a master of beating them without the boomerang to begin with. Right. right? Like, by, by, by the time you get it. I don't know if you noticed this one neat little thing. Uh, the boomerang has the utility where it picks up items. And did you ever notice that? That's how you get one of the energy tanks, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Like the, the boomerang will actually grab items for you if they're out of reach, yeah. which is really cool. Very and cool. also, if the boomerang, if you shoot it and it comes back to you without hitting an enemy, it doesn't take up energy. Mm-hmm. That's, it that, refills that's your right. energy. So yeah. it's like it, it gives you a do-over if you miss. Right. Which is which is nice. Which, but, it, you know, and it kind of, it's balanced. It makes up for the fact that it's kind of got shitty range mm-hmm. and a weird arc. But yeah. uh, real neat. But I feel like in every game, the bats are the one enemy that they're just there to piss you off. Yeah, bats like, suck. Like the Medusa heads or whatever. Like they're not like challenging because you can hit them, you can kill them in one hit, but they exist solely to knock you out of the air. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's kind of you know like whiny or something. Like oh, this is just such a staple. But it's like, what are all these bats doing in places where they don't really belong? Like they're all over the mine shaft stage, which is fine. But yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them in the in the in the forest during the daytime, and a bunch <laughs> of them in Sigma's fortress. Which like you'd think I've I've had a bat in my apartment before. <laughs> And I, I try to get them out. I, I do not just invite them to hang out and attack anybody who breaks into my house. I I try to get them out quickly. I suppose Sigma's like a Dracula figure. He's yeah, going, he's a little bit. He's got the cape. He's going around converting people into like a, a whole different thing. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, he's infecting them. He's infecting them, and that actually yeah. becomes a plot point later in the series. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it all it all connected. We I take back every every questioning speculation against capcom they they obviously had it planned out from the beginning Um, it was like a 17 year plan one of the things i think is pretty neat about Mega Man x is that as much as it's a little bit darker and more adult and has a little bit more sophistication than the older Mega Man, it also jettisons a lot of stuff that i started to find a little bit annoying um i'm on record as never really liking rush um you know rush pretty much just existed to be a you know, get you past certain obstacles, you would have to use his balloon power or his jet power. And uh, that wasn't necessarily fun for me. It was just this thing where I had a limited number of resources. So I had a limited number of tries before I'd have to grind for more Rush. And uh, that was not that fun for me. So I'm glad Rush is gone. I'm not a big fan of Roll. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, you're talking about Rush, and I'm thinking, like, the band Rush. 
Because I never... <laughs> this is the first Mega Man without a soundtrack by Rush. Exactly. Every, every other Mega Man is just YYZ over and over for the entire, it's entire a, game. It's a little known fact. It's kind of like that rumor, and I guess it was confirmed recently, that Michael Jackson did the music for Sonic 3. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard yeah. that. It's pretty Get, crazy. Getty Lee and Neil Peart, they sat down at Capcom. They were they were big fans of the first games, and they're like, okay, we can do all this futuristic music for you, but we can't get credit because it was like a, it was like a tax thing. <laughs> but but yeah, they got rid of all that stuff, and I think they wisely replaced that with uh, with the armor power ups, right? Which is way cooler, like way 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 cooler. Yeah. Doesn't at some point in a Mega Man game doesn't Rush become an armor? Like I don't know if I, it's just some kind of terrible dream I had, but I have this this dream of like Mega Man wearing like kind of a rush suit. It, it really it could be a dream where Mega Man skins his dog and wears it for sport. I I don't remember exactly, but I, I for some reason I think that I think that he wears them as like a jetpack or something. It might be one of the later PlayStation ones. I think so. I I I have a recollection of what you're saying. It might have even been like the recent like you know faux retro. Uh, mm. ones that they were where they did it because I think they brought Rush back for those in a certain capacity. I mm-hmm. never I never played them. Answer this question for me. Does Mega Man and X by extension, does he only have one hand? In uh, I can answer this for you. The um, In that Day of Sigma thing, uh, there's a part where he goes to Sigma's fortress before Sigma fires the missiles. And he's pointing his gun. Sigma's holding up by his neck and he's pointing his gun at Sigma. And Sigma says, I think it's time to lay down your arms. And Mega Man's buster falls off of his hand. Like he has, he can control how it attaches to his hand. Okay, I guess. In this anime that came from, you know, the authority that is YouTube, I guess. <laughs> the authority, because because whenever I played, you know, as Mega Man when I was a kid, you know, because I was I was that guy, I was acting out video games. But you know, just like you'd always like re- pull 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 my sleeve down over my hand. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is my. I always figured it was like a retraction kind of thing. Yeah, that that's that makes sense, and yeah. I also used to think that. I remember when I uh, – this was when I first got Mega Man 2, and uh, I grew up – I was a super little poor kid, and I lived in a trailer park at the time. Hey, me too. And being – hey, all right. Um, which one was it? Cortland, Illinois? Um, <laughs> I was your hey. neighbor. Hey. <laughs> Holy how's shit. It, how's it going? It's been a while. <laughs> I missed you. Um, the uh, Me and my friends would play as the robots from Mega Man 2, and we would have our own little stages that were this area in this uh, – trailer park so i would pretend to be quick man and i had these kind of bent sticks and my zone was the dumpster <laughs> you were really embracing I, the poor really thing weren't you <laughs> well there just it just happened to be a place that was in this this trailer park yeah and i just hung out around this dumpster and one of our other friends who was playing mega man this is so like now i think i haven't thought about this in a long time we would literally we're literally playing as if we were the bad robots so my friend who was playing mega man would walk around and challenge us and until he came around we waited. It was exactly <laughs> like the game. Like I just stood by a dumpster for like the better part of the afternoon waiting for my friend. And then like we would tally if he had, you know, depending on which robots he had already fought, he would have different weapons. Okay. And then we would just kind of pretend to fight like we were we were the Mega Man, the Mega Man bad guys God. and stuff. It was pretty funny, though. I spent a lot of time and there was, you know, the cornfield and the graveyard and all this <laughs> stuff. But I got stuck with Quick Man, lived in the dumpster because <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Quick Man left him. And he's he's just you know sleeping his car down by the dumpster, waiting for someone to throw boomerangs at. Yeah, just the circumstances. Yeah, <laughs> poor poor quick man. Yeah, but she didn't have those awesome lasers guarding that dumpster though. That's that's true. Yeah. Dumpster lasers, garbage lasers, <laughs> garbage lasers. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So um, so one of one of the things uh, we want to do with this podcast, um, this first episode, uh, we want to have this kind of user participation. Uh, we would like you know you guys to play along with us, um, talk to us about us, let us know what you think of the games. Um, and for this first one, you know, we this is the first episode, but I was able to get some some people to kind of talk about their experiences, and uh, some of them even recorded it. So I have a you know just kind of people's people's impressions of Mega Man X. So my friend Zach has to say about Mega Man X. I I really like Mega Man X for for one reason, the gameplay is smoother and faster. 
you start with a better Mega Man, so it's not like playing underwater. I think that the graphics are cool, the the 16-bit graphics. They were cool then, and they're I think they're still cool. Even though the aesthetic suffers a little bit, you don't have the original Mega Man look. I, I think it's still cool. Like smoother and not like you're playing underwater. I don't I don't remember the other games ever feeling like that. Although whenever I go back to a Mega Man game, I'm always like alarmed that I can't shoot in any direction like Contra. Right. Yeah. I think I think maybe what he's referring to is the this Mega Man is a little bit quicker. Yeah. Like you you move a little bit faster, you get the dash, um, and the dash is a dash. It's not the slide thing, mm-hmm. which you don't get for a while anyway. But Mega Man One and Two, you're a little bit slower. Uh, this Mega Man, you're pretty brisk and you're pretty maneuverable with the slide and with the wall climb. Yeah. I think maybe is what he's referring to. I suppose if I played him back to back, I would I would have some context for it. So he's not wrong. <laughs> uh, so and then Zach's, uh, Zach had his his kids play, which is pretty interesting. I always like it when little kids play old games. Yeah, you know. Um, so this is his uh, his son Seth uh, talking about what why he likes Mega Man X. My name's Seth, and I'm going to talk about Mega Man X. Um, Mega Man X is my favorite Mega Man game, mainly because of all the power ups. What I like about Mega Man X is the armor upgrades that all the other previous Mega Man games didn't have. It really, really feels like you just won the entire Earth once. Once you get all the armor armor upgrades, plus makes you look cool. The bosses are less challenging, but I think they're good. I think the storyline of of Mega Man is pretty good. I don't. I don't know all of it, but I know that I thought it was just a hologram of of light of Doctor Light that that uh, he put into the capsules. But apparently, um, according to a random source, it's his spirit somehow haunting the capsule and telling Regman to step in it and get the power up. I think the gameplay is really good. Because of the, uh, one, the char- charge, uh, charge megabuster or whatever. I love the superlative he uses. I felt like I won the earth. Yeah, I, I, I that, is, that is fantastic. I, I that, like some band needs to make that an album name, yeah. like right now. That's I good. love Kid Imaginations. Oh, like, I love Kid's phraseology. Um, <laughs> so Zach has another son who's much younger, uh, named Miles. To uh, hear hear his impressions, which are mostly uh, cool little kid sound effects. Can have bombs and and can shoot. I mean, have patterns shoot too. With some toes, Megman's head are over him. What? It is outside. In him to have eyes. Again, the power of kids. We're making these kids, you know, listen. Let's, I imagine this is like having a little kid sit down and listen to the Beatles for the first time. Totally. Yeah, it's like I compared Mega Man X to the Beatles. Deal with it. <laughs> but <laughs> I can say with no sense of hyperbole, this is the greatest accomplishment in video game history. Um, so do you want to, this, uh, this is my friend Brandon uh, submitted a text. Okay. Do you want to read it? I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> let's, right. let's see here. I'll go ahead and read it. I remember watching my next-door neighbors play Mega Man X on their shiny new Super Nintendo back when I was the proud owner of a Sega Genesis. The things that instantly struck me were the size and detail of the sprites, especially the bosses, as we mentioned, and the absolute coolness of the Mavericks. Something about the new animal theme appealed to my battle-beast-addled mind. I coveted that game, and I longed to own it. Watching my brother play through it a few weeks ago, I appreciated it uh, more for how fully formed it was Uh, and the concepts that made up the X-Series. Upgrade pods, zero, the wall jump, and bosses that visibly react to their weakness weapon. Uh, They were all already there. Uh, Also, what the fuck is a Kuanger? And I can answer that for you, Brandon. A a, a Kuanger or Kuanger? I'm going to say Kuanger because it has Wang in it. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a mistranslation of like a stag beetle. 
You know, the Japanese people love Beatles. Yeah. You can you can buy Beatles from vending machines in Japan. Oh, and they, they make their they turn their video games like you fight Beatles. To eat? Uh no, 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 just to collect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just to collect. Uh, and Beetleborgs. I mean, Japanese people love Beatles. Beatles mean something different in Japan than they do here. Okay. Kinda of, kinda of like yeah. raccoons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gigantic <laughs> testicles over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. They mean something totally different here. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you, I noticed you kind of, uh, on Battle Beast, you, you sound a little bit perplexed. I was. Uh, Battle Beast was a, a line of toys um, that's a Transformers spinoff. And there are these little action figures that all have elemental powers and are based on animals. So it'll be a little robot with armor that has like a elephant head or a raccoon head. Okay. Um, not not unlike the Mavericks. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- so thanks, Brandon. Thanks, everybody, for, but, for participating. And all of my friends, you suck because you apparently didn't play <laughs> Mega Man X. I talked to you, uh, all, all of you, and asked if you had impressions. Like, nope. So, oh, well. Well, and hopefully for the, you know, this is the first episode. Hopefully yeah. people who are listening to this one will be able to play the next episode. Yeah. Which we will announce now as we decide on it in real time. So we've deliberated, and I think that we have decided that our next game, um, based on some suggestions by the people you just heard responses from, uh, will actually be missed. Right, uh, missed with a Y, not missed the uh, water particles. Right. Vaporized water. Um, no, not that. Um, yeah, missed with a Y. Uh, it's a point-and-click adventure game, classic. It was the best-selling uh, PC game up until The Sims came out. Um, you can get it very easily. It's on Good Old Games uh, for six dollars. And also, if you own an iOS device, you can download it uh, from iTunes, and it is also very reasonably priced uh, there. So you will have, um, from the time this comes out um, until we record, roughly two weeks to play along. We definitely encourage it if you want to uh, be involved uh, and you know write in your thoughts and have a discussion with other people who are playing along with it, hopefully. There's always the Facebook page and other stuff that we'll get to in the admin section. But the cool thing, and one of the things that we really want to uh, roll in to the show to encourage listener participation and kind of incentivize it is, okay, so say you respond to us with like a really insightful thought about Miss next week or next uh, episode. Next, yes. <laughs> so, so say you really uh, blow us away with some insight on Mist, our next episode. Well, uh, you'll win the contest, and you will actually get a copy of the game we're going to talk about the week after that. Right. So if you uh, if you if you're into participating, you participate with Mist, and you actually uh, you have some insight, then participating in the next episode will be that much easier because we will gift you a copy of the game through whatever means uh, we're able to. With Mist, it will be easy through good old games in the future. We'll probably have some things that are available on virtual console. Um, if you don't have a, Wii, uh, that might be a little bit more difficult. You can do gifts on virtual console. That's true. Um, if you, and if you, if you don't have a, Wii, if you already have a thing, we'll figure something out. Yeah. If, uh, if you have a really good insightful thought and are unable to play whatever the next game is for some reason, um, we'll gift you something that's roughly equal value. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, you can, have we created an email address for this yet? Yeah, you can reach us by email at watchoutforfireballs at duckfeed.tv, which is an email address for people who love to type. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a finger exercise and, a, and an email address. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. You can look us up on Facebook as well. If you just search Watch Out for Fireballs, I'm not going to give you the Facebook URL because that sucks. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but just, just search it. Also, uh, just real quick, you know, both me and Cole do some other shows. Um, so if you like this, if you, if you like this and you like us, then, uh, you might want to check those out. Um, if you go to www.deadideavahala.com, you can check out my show. Um, it's just a variety show, little video game content, but, uh, just kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Just fantastic. I'm really happy to be working with you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If, if we're going absolutely. to take this first episode, uh, yeah, to, we're, you know, to compliment each other. This yeah, is... we, we're, well, let's take, let's actually start over and take the entire first episode. Yeah, to compliment. Yeah, let's compliment let's her. do that. <laughs> yeah, we, that that is how that is how Cole and I met. We are uh, we are mutual fans of yes. each other. I like it, his shows as well. If you go to uh, www.duckfeed.tv, um, right now it's two that you're personally involved in, right? And then the other one that you just produce. The other one that I I did a little bit of production on. It's a it's a radio drama um, that is uh, kind of goofy, kind of fun. I really like radio dramas. So I was like, hey, throw this on the network. 
Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, but the uh, the one show it's a video game show. If the, you know if this show is pertinent to your interest, it will all probably also be pertin- pertinent to your interest. It's called Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This. Don't ask me about the name. Uh, I did it specifically to show up on a college schedule because we were, we, we were originally on college radio. Um, and then there's also a comedy podcast that I do with my brother called those damn Ross kids. Yep, and both of which are really great. So yeah. that, that is all stuff that you can do. You know, I, I know that every podcast in the world ends with homework, but if you stuck around for this, I, you know, thank you so much for, uh, for listening. Yeah. And, and if, and if you do like it, um, in addition to finding us on Facebook and everything, the, the currency of, of the podcast world <laughs> are iTunes ratings and iTunes reviews. So uh, if you want to find our RSS feed on iTunes and uh, hook us up with that, that would be awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Just you know, five seconds of your time, it really, really does uh, make us feel validated, um, mm-hmm. the warm fuzzies. And if, yep, and if, we're, uh, if, you, if you do it enough, if you like enough, we can get in that coveted, new and noteworthy spot oh. I've talked about on my podcast. Can you imagine? Um, can you imagine I, if we got that? It would be amazing. It would <laughs> feel so good. Um, you know, and, and while we're still new. Yeah, Come on, guys. exactly. I mean, being noteworthy is a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It should be the new or noteworthy exactly. section, and then it would be a lot easier to get. Two separate boxes. Absolutely. So, so rate, rate us as new. Rate us five noteworthies yep. on, uh, on iTunes. And thanks. Thank you so much. And uh, as always, you know, we're going to remind you to watch out for fireballs. <laughs> idea of like taking some killing something and getting its power mm-hmm. that this game is based on is such an old idea like there you know there you read about like tribes ancient tribes who you know killed people and ate their hearts yeah. and got their power um yeah. there's a simpsons episode where ned flanders is uh they're showing him as a flashback as a kid and he's running around punching kids in kindergarten <laughs> and he's like i'm dick Cra- dick tracy you're prune face and he punches the kid and he's like no i'm prune tracy and like running around, I'm like, oh, that's Mega Man. Like that's that's yeah. essentially Mega Man. And and you they know? never they they never had the courage to work their way up to Dick Face. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, yeah, but, but you, you, know, you eat the tiger to get its virility. Right, and that that that's essentially Mega Man. It's like eating tigers for virility. Um, so Mega Man endorses poaching. If you <laughs> if, if you want to if you take elephant tusks and grind them up, you will have the dick power horniness of yeah. an elephant. Also, and, a uh, flamethrower for some reason.